Welcome back to the Energetics of Everything, your favorite place to learn about all things wealth, health, and personal development from an energetic perspective. If you are someone who is in pursuit of both being the best version of yourself and creating a wildly impactful life, then this is the place for you. Throughout this podcast, you will learn how to use my hindsight as your foresight as you identify your purpose, optimize your behavior patterns, and create a ripple effect of positive change that your soul knows you're capable of. My name is Eden Carpenter, and I am so excited to be a part of your personal growth today. Let's dive in. everyone and welcome back to the energetics of everything we're talking books today we've been talking books for a little while already but we're gonna record and officially talk about books i started reading about two years ago it was may two years ago and i have read every single day since then i did have a little hiccup last month where my kindle unlimited reading streak i broke it at 709 days so I read 709 days in a row on Kindle. And it's funny because the day that I broke it, I actually read on my phone literally all day. I just downloaded AO3 for a Dramione fan fiction. And I read about Draco and Hermione. And it was a really, really fucking amazing book <laughs> that just sucked me in. And I completely forgot about my Kindle Unlimited reading streak. And it started over and I had a whole sad moment there because 709 days in a row, I didn't actually break it. I did read that day, but I don't have the number for proof anymore, but it did make it into my checklist of the reminders for my daily habits. So I will not forget again. (laughs) Is that the most recent thing you've read? Is that fanfic? No, I have finished three books in the last like four days oh my god I'm so jealous I miss it you actually got me back into reading I was the kid growing up that slept with books in her bed and I was reading like five at a time I actually saw a meme the other day that I sent to my mom and she was like oh my god that was totally me as a mother and I can't believe I did that it was something like are you emotionally numb or did your mom just let you read a child called (laughs) at like age 10 or something like that. And that was me. I read that whole series far too young. But yeah, you recently got me back into it (laughs) because you were talking about book talk and I was like, oh, that sounds like a cool place to be. And then because I have FOMO with everything, once I started getting into the book talk world, I became book talk and (laughs) I just started reading everything they were telling me to read. And then my college friends, like so fun. One of my friends from college was like, I really want to start reading again. So we have a book club that meets on Zoom and it's like five of us and we read one book a month. And that's been fun for me. I'm currently reading the haunting Adeline (laughs) situation. You told me you're like, oh, you should really read this. You said that you like dark romance and this is the one that gave me nightmares. And you said that one, please. (laughs) It's funny because you're like, it gave me nightmares. I'm like, I feel dirty for reading this. (laughs) I feel like something's wrong with me. Like I need to go to therapy. My fear motivation. (laughs) Holy shit. Laying in bed, like I'm going to get kidnapped. <laughs> Admittedly, I did get a little nervous for her recently because I'm in the second book now. And when she was escaping, I was like, oh, God. 
you know but i'm like why do i like this guy i read a lot of morally gray dark things before i read that i was scorpio venus i feel like people don't understand i don't know i come across i have like my i know my taurus rising like happy and fun and bubbly and light but I have a stellium and Sagittarius in the eighth house including my son which is like all dark and twisty but like a light fun adventurous twist to the dark and twisty and then I have like a Scorpio Venus and like I don't know I'm just obsessed with dark and twisty psychology I'm very spooky I'm very like dark and twisty psychological things I was reading mafia romances on Wattpad as a teenager. I've literally been reading on my phone for years. So like the dark and twisty stuff was kind of already there. Book talk started popping up and I was like, I need a hobby because when I was in nursing school, human design was my hobby. And I was so excited about it. And I was just obsessively learning and personal development and manifestation, like all of that. But then when that became my work, it was everywhere. It was literally everywhere. And I needed something else. But then watching TV, my brain just goes. I'm literally staring at the screen and I'm like, okay, what am I posting tomorrow? And I'm outlining things in my head. So I needed something that captured my attention more. And then book talk was showing up and I was like, okay, maybe I'll start reading again. I'm like, I'm going to read whatever shows up three times, whatever book pops up three times for me. And if you've read Credence by Penelope Douglas, you're probably surprised why I kept reading. I thought my book was (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely taboo. That is for sure. And there were moments where I was like, what the actual? I'm all sorts of dark and twisty. And I think it's so funny, different tropes. I know we were talking about six line profiles and fated mates or soulmate level love, but there's so many different aspects of human design that show things that you might be looking for in romance novels. And that's a fun thing if we wanted to go off on that tangent. Yeah. One of the reasons why I love talking to you about books is because you're inner vision and I'm outer vision. And so I love hearing how you see characters and things. Because when I read books, I get little glimpses here and there, but not of everyone. For example, with the Haunting Adeline series, I couldn't tell you what Adeline looks like. I've got a very clear idea of what Zayd looks like. And like Akatar. Some of the characters, I really couldn't tell you what they looked like. But Amran, I get very honed in on like certain people and the other people are just I don't know I'm just reading words but Mm -hmm. I'm still retaining the story but I'm just Mm -hmm. reading words on a page so I always like hearing you talk about them because I'm like oh that's what you think it looks like I never even considered that except for that (laughs) minigard worm where it was definitely the bull worm from Spongebob (laughs) (laughs) yeah A lot of people thought that from my knowledge of fantasy lore, 6-2, I just know things. I don't know why I know things. I don't know where I learned that. I literally don't know how I know that worm spelled W-Y is actually like a dragon without wings. (laughs) I know. I was definitely picturing that thing from Spongebob. (laughs) I love that. With the inner vision, it's really weird because I'm reading but I'm actually like watching a movie more so than when I'm actually just watching a movie. I am there in another world. So reading's really fun because I get to just travel to another dimension. <laughs> I'm just hearing when I read. I just hear myself reading words. It's very auditory for me. So that's always interesting. Do you narrate? Yeah. Do you, you hear your voice in your head? Yeah, I hear my own voice and I'll hear different voices too. Sometimes if I'm having trouble focusing, I'll read out loud to myself. Let's talk about what we like in books. 
So for me, and this is something that's driving me crazy with haunting Adeline, <laughs> it just has to be believable. Mm-hmm. It has to be believable. A lot of parts of this book where I'm just like, this is, I refuse to believe that anyone's friend would behave that way. I just refuse to believe that these conversations would even happen. Some of the communication is like so cheeseball that mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I don't really love that. I have to really have an element of realism. Even in my fantasy, like growing up, I actually did read a lot of fantasy, but I forgot that I liked fantasy because then I kind of moved into like reading whatever my mom was reading and my family reads a lot of historical fiction and now I want no part of historical fiction. I did a lot of that and then I didn't really read for a very long time and then I read a lot of nonfiction but now I forgot rereading fantasy. I was like oh that's right I did read a lot of fantasy books growing up so now it's like I love fantasy but there still needs to be an element of realism like Mm -hmm. I don't know it has to be believable. If I can't believe that this could actually happen, for me, that's kind of a deal breaker. I don't know why. But what gets me interested in books is that. And then I'm very much character. If there's too much exposition, I get bored. Or Mm. if it's too slow, I get bored. I love characters. I love relationships. Like, I just, Akatar could talk about Akatar forever. The same. Ruins me. I almost exclusively read romance. And I think for me, that's like... I only have an undefined G center and an undefined head center. Mm. And so for me, like processing books, I think this would be really fun to talk about too, is like how we take in information and process things. Cause I have a generating aura. And so I have to take something in and it has to light me up and then it's satisfying afterwards. But what I'm here to learn about and what I'm here to explore in my external world is through that G center. It's through identity. And so if I don't identify with the main character, it's really yeah. hard to read. So it's actually really hard for me to read books where like the main character is a guy. I like a female yeah. just because I can't connect with it. For me, because that G center is undefined and it's that and it's my head center. So it's so focused of what I'm absorbing and how I take in information, what I see the world through. I love character driven stories. If there's no character growth, it's really difficult for me to see if there's yeah. romance involved. I'm interested and it's like it hooks me more than anything else does. That's and- interesting. I never thought about it through the undefined centers I love romance too but I I love reading horror I love spooky I love thriller I love stressful things I I cannot (laughs) I feel like all of emotional like make me cry like give me feelings you know make me fall in love regardless of whether it's like romance or not I've noticed that there's a theme in all of my books that I do read that I really enjoy definitely relate to you on that I have to identify with the character I just read lessons in chemistry and everyone talks about how much they love it and it's Barnes and Noble's book of the year I thought the main character was so fucking annoying I hated it I was like this is funny there's the humor and it was great I was very invested in the dog plot line where they were telling the perspective of what's happening from the dog I would have read the whole book if it was just that but oh my god that main character is so annoying yeah I didn't even read it It gave me the same vibes as the love hypothesis and everyone was raving about that and I fucking despised it because it was a miscommunication trope and if the whole point is that you guys are just not being honest or like you're just not talking that is not a story that's yeah, a toxic trait. Like an undefined emotional center that can't do confrontation. <laughs> no, that would annoy me. I don't like the miscommunication thing. I need a lot yeah. of communication and like beautiful communication. I have a theory because for me, horror, it makes me feel like I am actually going through it. My body processes it that way and emotions too. It's like if 
that were to happen to me, that is going to make me cry. But it's like an internal processing. It's actually harder to make me cry in a book than a lot of other people. People will say, I didn't cry during Akatar or Throne of Glass. You right? didn't cry during Akatar? No, I oh didn't. Oh my God. I was hysterical. <laughs> it was hysterical. I think it's interesting because like in our undefined centers, wow. we're witnessing, right? We see yeah. it the love connection, that is what will make me cry. What got me was the mother in reminders of him. That got me. Though so she's never seen her daughter before. That relationship, that made me cry. Akatar did not. And I have no idea why. Again, like my defined emotional center, right? I can be reading the yeah. book, but I'm emotionally processing something already. I'm emotionally processing my own wave. My own wave is always going. I could be in a shitty mood and at a birthday party. <laughs> You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what's going on outside of me. My emotions are an inside job. But if something does really hook me, I emotionally process it almost like it's something I'm going through. And so when I'm reading a book, something that will really get me is I will emotionally process just things that are going on in my life almost as a parallel mm -hmm. to what the character is going through. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I love Throne of Glass so much. I started reading that around the same time when there was a lot of online bullying going on. She has this, like, my name is Selena Serdathia. I will not break. Things like that. It's very similar to some Nesta stuff. But just who she was and, like, finding who she is through that story. And I'm, like, trying to not give too much away. Yeah. But I really processed a lot of my own emotional things. Like, I healed my shit through reading the book. Mm -hmm. Versus, I think, people with an undefined emotional center. It's more of learning and witnessing. It's not, damn, you are pulling that out of me. That makes complete sense. There's always a theme in everything I read of perseverance. Everything I read usually is a female character who's really going through it and then comes out on top, which feels very like my yeah. authority to me because that's my only definition. I can relate to that in a different way. I read that entire series during a month that was like not great for me and I was definitely disassociating from life and pouring myself into that book. The perfect but, time to read Akatar. <laughs> yeah. But when I got to Silver Flames, there was so much about my life that was like, I resent being forced into this space. I resent all of this. I did not choose this. No, no, no. When she's doing the thing at the end and uh, yeah, I definitely healed, I think my own stuff through that. And I know everyone says that they're Nesta, but I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> I am Nesta. <laughs> I guess we can all be Nessa. It's fine. Without a doubt, an ego manifester. What's your environment again? Mountains. Passive mountains. Do you see mountains? Because I feel very shores when I read. I feel like books put me in another world entirely. For me, the mountains environment, when I get to read, it's like I get to retreat. I get to go away from the real world and go up onto my mountaintop. The physical locations, it's really interesting where I sit to read. I will sit outside, but like the farthest chair from the door. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like outside and really retreat. I will sit in my bed, but like it's in our room all the way around the room on the far side of the room. So it's like the absolute furthest place from where all of the action is. So it's like retreating to that room and like my office doors there this is like the farthest corner so I have my like retreat spaces that I will go to where I can retreat into my hermit and go into that two line I can shut off the world that's outside of me that's very mountains environment because mountains is a fourth color 
Yeah. I don't know why my brain is connecting that. But that fourth color, and I also know that with the mountains, it's also very go gather all your resources and then nest. Mm. And so if I'm going to be sitting down to read, I want to be there for hours. Yeah. yeah, I've got my water, I've got my coffee, I've got some incense going, I've got my blanket because that's a necessity. I have all of my things that I will possibly need. And then I can just get lost in the book. So yeah, that's my passive mountains environment. I mean, I guess I mostly just read in my bed, but that's because there's not really anywhere else for me to read. So you have fear motivation. I need motivation. And I feel like going back to what do you look in a book? And I was like, I don't love a lot of exposition. I just want to know what I need to know about the situation. Sometimes really flowery language too kind of is overkill for me. I'm curious. Is that a motivation thing? I don't know. Yeah, that might be a motivation thing. It also might because like I'm specific, you're non-specific. I have that strategic zone in focused view perspective and you're just peripheral because when I read books, I am so zoned in on one thing. Akatar reading it the first time and even Throne of Glass, like I have to reread Throne of Glass because she does a lot of chapters from different characters. She introduces more characters and you fall in love with all of these characters. But because I'm such a focused view perspective, the first time that I read through Akatar, I remembered the characters' names, but anyone outside of that main couple, it like made me frustrated because it was like pulling me away from the focal point. It was like a distraction. So I don't like unnecessary characters. <laughs> I hate filler characters, especially if it's a romance novel. I don't give a flying fuck if their best friend also has a girlfriend or not. <laughs> I just was already frustrated for Farah having to integrate yeah. her family and that also might be undefined g-center i saw farah play such a different role she is who she was to her family but then someone completely different in the say world for me an undefined g-center sometimes it's difficult when your worlds cross because mm-hmm. like i'm one very specific person in one world and then someone very yeah. different in another world and like trying to be all of that at once is where we get out of alignment no, that's true. Wait, do we want to read Throne of Glass together? You can reread sure. it. And yeah. First, we want to do like a book club where like other people read it with us. Ooh, yes. Maybe we do. And we talk about human design. And then we can do Akatar because I want to reread Akatar again. And I got to do Crescent City still. Honestly, like Crescent City was a lot. It's a lot of world building. That is an adult fantasy book. It reminds me of Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> I just bought his new book. That's of the Emerald Sea. Okay. I think it's what it's called. He wrote it for his wife. It's like a cozy mm-hmm. fantasy. I think it's very different than everything he's ever written. I've never read anything of his. I'm like, eh, I don't really know if that appeals to me. But this one did because he wrote it for his wife. It's a cozy fantasy. And she was like, this is so good. This can't just be for me. You have to publish this. But it was originally written for her eyes only. Oh, that's so cute. And I think it's, it's like so about her. I think I, he like wrote, I wrote her you story. A book. Oh my God. I know. And then she's like, this is too good. You have to publish this. And so he did. Isn't that cute? Yeah. I love a cozy fantasy. My nephew is named Kaladin after a main character in the Stormlight Archive series. I remember reading the first one when I was in nursing school. I just finished the third. Oh, wow. I read 35 books this year. (laughs) I read an insane amount. So yeah, they're really long. They're very, very, very detailed. Super, super, super slow for like a 
thousand pages and then it's like the last book we would listen to it on audio and the last four hours of this 35 hour long book is like all of the action i would never get through it's taken me a while to get through it really has the thing is it's such a good story there's so many really cool elements the magic system is absolutely mind-bogglingly insane but it's so much and at this point because it's so long i don't remember some of the characters they drop a name and i'm like i don't know who that is (laughs) that was literally two years ago I have this book on my bookshelf called Moon Witch. It's apparently the second book in the series. I have a thing for doing that. I buy a new book and then I find out it's the second book in the series. <laughs> but apparently this one doesn't need to be read in order. It's a trilogy and they all tell the same story, but from different points of view. So apparently you can read them out of order, but it's called Moon Witch Spider King. And it looks really good. It's got like five maps. There's like also like five pages breaking down each part and all of the characters. And that's on my to be read next. And my cousin read the first one and he says the first one's really good because he saw that I had the second one and he asked me if I had read the first one. That's how I found out it's a series. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. (laughs) I had no idea. I just literally go to the bookstore and like buy things and then take them home like a crow collecting my (laughs) objects. Ah, so you're a book dragon. I think it was a TikTok. There was like, there's bookworms and there are book dragons. I'm a dragon. (laughs) The dragons that like to have all of them and hoard all of the books and the bookworms devour them. I'm trying to be better about devouring them, but like literally in my dating app profiles that I don't use, a description about me is I own more books than I'll ever read. (laughs) And that's like a thing. You put me in a bookstore, I'm walking out with five books and maybe I'll read one of them. I am Um, so grateful that I started my obsessive reading on Kindle not physical books because I've read over a hundred books every year. I read 120 something books in the first eight months that I started reading. That's like really impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Insane amount of books. I've read probably like 300 books in the last two and a half years at this point. What's what's your favorite book that you've ever read? Do you want me to tell you mine while you think? Yeah, yeah. Let me ride my emotional wave. Mine is American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Okay. In fact, I would read that again. I should read that again. I haven't read it in a long time, and I would read it again if someone wanted to read it together. It is so good. It's basically about this guy, and he commits a crime, goes to jail, gets out, and encounters this god. It's this whole story about the new gods versus the old gods Ooh. and there's like this war between the new and the old I don't know it's really cool it's been a long time since I've read it so I really probably like need to read it again to be able to articulate it well but I highly recommend American Gods by Neil Gaiman that sounds really good I like two series Hi. a lot one of them you're not going to be surprised it's Throne of Glass <laughs> just oh man yeah the main character in that series something about her just resonates with me so much if you like a character with perseverance there is no one who has more grit and more perseverance than the main character in that series that is an amazing series start reading the throne of glass and then another one that i just like literally died over was the plated prisoner series Hmm. the first one you have to get through it it sets you up for the rest of the series but the rest of that series was so good 
the main love interest in that rivals Resand in his nurturing, tender, uh, trauma healing, giving space. Literally rivals Resand. He's the perfect man. Reese is the perfect man. I've modeled my husband after. He is without a doubt. There's no way besides Jason that he exists because <laughs> he's too perfect. I'm looking through my Goodreads right now. This feels very the four six of me. I love Parable of the Sower. I mean, my whole human design course is inspired by Parable of the Sower. I love books that are not quite books. They're a little bit like real life. So Parable of the Sower, that whole series. But Tender is the Flesh. I read it last year. It's an Argentinian author and it's about this post-apocalyptic-esque world that there is some kind of virus that poisons all of the food so you can no longer eat meat. So they start eating humans and farming humans. It's a societal critique on overconsumption. It was the shortest book I read last year, according to my <laughs> 209 pages, which just goes along, goes along. And you're kind of like, interesting, interesting. And then like the last 40 pages are like the most disturbing thing you'll ever read. And then it just ends. And I've like given it to a lot of people and the people that I thought would like it did not like it. And they're like, you fucked up for me, Catherine. Like, why did you read this? I was sold on it when I walked into the bookstore and the description at the Barnes and Noble that they wrote on the shelf said, Silence of the Lambs meets 1984. And I'm just like, oh, that is for me. So if you're looking for something like that, I highly recommend that. The longest book I read last year was Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. Fifty Shades Freed, because I reread that series. So I pulled up my bookshelf because I was like, what have I actually given five stars to? Yeah, Very few things. The Air Awakens series was really good. It's more YA, but it's like fantasy, a whole bunch of books. That one was really cool. Like, I will never forget the scene in the first book where the love interest literally just shoves her off a building. <laughs> what? She's trying to activate her powers and she has no idea. They don't know each other. She's like super, like, I don't know what's going off. And he's like, this is going to work. Believe me. And then he shoves her off a building and it does not work. That one is a really good series. The Air Awakened series. Really good. And then the other series that I'm still reading that I have rated five stars is The Sunderlands. That one is very morally gray. She is essentially like the harbinger of death. The main character. There's lots of battles. She defends the Sunderlands. She defends her country really well. And then... She kind of trades herself in order to save some people. And this guy essentially wants her as his weapon. And then he brings her over. It's almost the dark side. So it's really morally gray because she kind of switches sides, but like she's still fighting for things. The theme is who is worth killing, whose lives are worth more and who are we to judge and like very much that. If it's not morally gray, I'm probably not reading it. (laughs) You've got to balance out the optimism, right? In my real world, I'm like, yes, the human design, we're going to make things better. We'll fix everything. Nothing is wrong. And then I'm like dark and twisty. <laughs> yeah. There's like three series. So it's Avatar, Throne of Glass, the Plated Prisoner series, the Air Awakened series, and then the Sunderlands series. Yeah. Those are the only books that I've given five stars to. Akatar, I gave five stars. All of them, except for A Court of Frost and Starlight, because I got to be honest with you, 
I didn't love it. I know a lot of people like it because it's like a reprieve from the intensity of everything. I'm like, this is so boring. I need more. Nesta was annoying. I didn't like Nesta up until her book. And then I was like, oh, I love, I need a Morgan story. And I need an Amarin book. I don't know where Amarin came from. Cause I think I know you don't, but I follow a happy hermit (laughs) and happy hermit's always talking about it. And then I just like scroll past cause I don't want it to be ruined. Her and the whiteboard. Oh my God. I love her whiteboard. Yeah. If she's not a two line profile. (laughs) The fact that her thing is the happy hermit, too. (laughs) She doesn't have a two-line profile. (laughs) It's got to be a two-four. You can see, like, that fourth line connecting all the dots. Like, no, like, this, this, this. Yeah, that's funny. A happy hermit, if you're listening. If you're listening, send us your human design chart. Please. And come be a guest on our podcast. (laughs) Wait, can we just make that happen? I'll work on that. Manifest that. I'll work on that. Four line. You go make the connection. Well, the connections already happened. I just have to like make sure that she knows it because I posted that TikTok that one day. Like, why is no one talking about Feyre's name? Because I feel like I don't see it talked about. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, feel I like the first thing about that. I was like, okay, you're in a world about fairies, and her name is Farah. Yeah, Fay, and then Ra, meaning like to return back to the beginning. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Someone was like, oh, yeah. Happy Hermit. Someone's looking for you, and I was like, Yes, I am. That's how I found her. Oh, I thought I had sent you. No, I probably yeah, I think I just that didn't. I saved a bunch of videos to send to you, but I can't send them to you yet because she is spoilers for everything. Oh, yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of her stuff. And sometimes I do because I'm like, by the time I get around to reading all these things and getting to that level, I won't even remember what she said. Honestly, um, she was saying things and after I'd read books the first time. I was like, I read that book and I still don't know who you're talking about because like I'm <laughs> so specific. <laughs> I also have on my bookshelf the Piper CJ series, mm-hmm. which I love her. I know she's got like a lot of haters. Yeah, there's been some drama. She's some fifth line energy. I, I can't do anything right ever, but I love her. I just feel bad for the internet. <laughs> We've got collective circuitry, okay? Collective circuitry, I'm just going to get on a tangent here. Collective circuitry has almost no motorization. It's Mm -hmm. almost all projected. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about the collective energy and collective circuitry, there's so much projected energy in the chart. We each have these channels and these things that essentially we just want to talk about. We just want to share. And like, there's so many people in the academic world, literally the entire academic world is we'll research this. We'll talk about it. Funding is like energy, motivation, the ability to do something. Money is literally the energy to do something about the information. And so collective circuitry is really just sharing information for the sake of sharing information. And so Mm -hmm. people on the internet, especially people who are not conscious, just innately are going to share information. And so a lot of times we just get unsolicited advice. The issue is not necessarily in the sharing. The issue is in the righteousness of I am sharing this because you are wrong. I am sharing this because you are incorrect and you don't know what you're talking about. That's really the issue with Piper. People are attacking her and that's of course causing a nervous system reaction. And then she's making decisions from an emotionally charged state. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's not making it intentionally and it's chaos. It's also innocence. Yeah, I can see some innocence there. Whenever someone attacks her, she transfers and doubles down almost. And you're like, no, don't do that. (laughs) I feel like 
especially if you have like any slight insecurity energetically i'm a little bit insecure about this already and so you put it out there and then like someone catches on that frequency and they spiral it for you and then it just amplifies i'm still gonna read her books though they look good to me and i like her i think she's yeah, someone said it has a lot of witcher inspiration i was like i liked the witcher <laughs> i always think that it's an undefined head center thing but i don't think it's just an undefined head center thing i can see where people get inspiration in the coaching industry especially especially when i know who knows who i know where people are getting their inspiration from i can literally hear other coaches talking through specific coaches that language I know like tropes are not necessarily like people don't own them, but there are things where it's like, I know who you're inspired by. I can pick up on things like that. This is just undefined head center theories and things. We do not own ideas. We do not own inspiration. And I don't even think we have original thoughts. No, nothing's original. (laughs) Literally nothing is original. Especially because we are not our thoughts and we don't control them. If I could control my thoughts, I wouldn't be making my fucking grocery list while I'm trying to meditate. If I could control my thoughts, literally, I'd be able to meditate and just like turn it off, but Mm. I can't. And it's because we do not control our thoughts. We are not our thoughts. There's something we observe. Collective energy, again, yeah, share our thoughts, share your inspiration, but also know that it's not your original idea. You are not the only person who can come up with that. So sometimes it's like, yeah, I may see that idea. I may see that inspiration, but do I actually have to say something about it? Hmm. Yes, I have access to this information, but there's other people too. I'm a two line, which means there's very specific calls that are going to be like, yes, I do have to say something about this. It's going to be like, I recognize that literally everyone else is actually wrong and they do need my help. I am the only one who can help here. Then I'll say something, but that just brings me back to people don't know how to follow invitations and read for invitations and human design would be very beneficial it would lead to a lot less internet bullying it's almost like the human design gives you the instructions but also clogs your awareness it literally puts you right into your mind to the point where you like can't even see the hypocrisy it's just another paradox everything is a paradox the fact that you know better than someone is so silly to me although sometimes i do know better I've also just been playing with the idea of there is no ultimate truth. And I kind of have to practice this with my defined Ajna. And like, that is my most active channel. Like I have 17 three times and I have 62 twice. Five of my 26 activations are in that channel. I have to very much try and see things from a different perspective and challenge my perspective a lot of times. But I have to think about the smartest people in the world have literally started wars because they do not agree about what is true. Mm-hmm. Most wars have been started because people disagree based off of like what is true. And so that just tells me that nothing is true. We do not know the truth. I just think about the fact that we are all living in our own dimension. <laughs> I have my concept of who I am and then I have this little idea of who you are and in my little concept of who you are I have this little tiny dot that's like who I think you think I am <laughs> we just all have these mental constructs for each of the different relationships that we build we all live in our own dimensions my truth what I think may be true one changes what I thought was true five years ago is not what I believe now And that doesn't mean that I was wrong for believing that at that point. That means that that was the information that was valuable for me to trust in in that moment. 
And mm-hmm. right now there's different information that is useful to me in this situation. That concept of nothing is true and I get to choose what I want to believe has been really powerful. I was going to okay. say a great question later, but I'm going to ask you now because I won't remember. What's one book that you want to read next that you've seen on BookTok? Hmm. Let's see. I feel like there's big cycles on BookTok where everyone's yeah. reading this book and that everyone's reading this book. I think Hellbent. I've seen that one a lot. And you I have started that seeing one. that one too. Yeah. It's good. you got to read Nine Tops uh, first. But. Yeah. Yeah. That one's shown up. I think because of my closed taste, and I'm very proud of this, my TBR is minimal. Mm. <laughs> very, very minimal. I will make lists of books, but the actual books that I will download my open bookshelf, I like to keep it in the single digits. It's hardly ever more than nine books on that shelf or in that folder in my Kindle, because of course I have folders in my Kindle. Why would I not have folders of the different books that I have read of my romance, my dark and twisty, the ones that I share. Yeah. Of course I have fucking folders with my closed taste. It's almost like my nose are more important. So I've actually been going through and just seeing what books on book talk. I just don't want to read. Okay. So what ones don't you want to read? The shatter me series. I've heard a lot about that. I have the first book on my bookshelf, but I've had it for like three years and I haven't opened it. So like, I probably should get rid of it. Yeah. That one, I don't know. A lot of people have recommended it and I just mm-hmm. cannot. The Zodiac Academy. Yeah, we were just talking has- about reading yeah. that one. You don't want to read it anymore? It was described the other day as reality TV in book series form. And that made me want to cry. It literally made my whole body go, <laughs> I mean, it kind of sounds great to me, but I just want to watch it. (laughs) I read part of the Dark Fae series, which is in the same universe by the two same authors. And it's the never-ending cycle of high school drama, where Mm. it's like one fight leads to another fight leads to another fight. And then these two people aren't talking. Now these two people aren't talking. And this is the drama. I could not finish the series. My Defined Ego. In the last three years, there are only two books that I have not finished. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I don't DNF things. So if I commit yeah. to something, like, I need to make sure I actually like, yeah. Yeah, there was one book. There was one book that I DNF'd. It was it's like a monster romance. And it got to a situation where it was like non-human anatomy. And I was no. out of there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's that book I sent you the other week? Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer, the like dinosaur erotica. I'm like, this is, there's that girl on TikTok with the list of like people yes. that should go to jail because of the books they wrote. Yes. This belongs on the list. King Talk Book Talk is like so closely related. I think it's so interesting, especially men written by women talking about like Reese and just the healing and the trauma healing yeah. that just feminine energy can do just with the presence of a grounded masculine the bat that okay the bat wing situation is so hot to me I would like to lick it and see what happens to you yeah I'm curious (laughs) I'd touch it that'd be the one thing where I'd be like you told me not to touch it okay I'm gonna touch it a lot oh yeah oops oh I forgot 
Yeah, my sixth line aloofness. Oh no, I forgot. Oops. I think that's a part of the internal ambiguity I feel with haunting Adeline is because I am very much someone who in the real world, everyday world, I'm very masculine. Like I mm-hmm. am in control. I wear the pants. I make the decisions. It's my way. We're going this way. But like in the bedroom, I want you to dominate me. My entry into romance was Fifty Shades of Grey. Like I feel like most people... And a lot of people are like, oh, this is abuse. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of into that. (laughs) I don't actually want to be hurt, but the act of someone having that level of power over me is really, really hot. Then the fact that like you're stalking me is like kind of hot too, which I think is why I'm like, I feel weird that I'm like into it. (laughs) Reading dark romance was so healing for me and my religious trauma. Mm. I was homeschooled to the point where we did not learn evolution. We had devotionals in the morning. I was homeschooled until my junior year of high school when I enrolled myself in school. Super religious. And of course, with a Scorpio Venus. And then I'm a third line sphere of attraction, which is the line of like promiscuity. And Mm -hmm. so it has this like playful energy to it as well. And like that particular line in gate 36, the gate of emotional crisis. So it's like this turbulence, being a 6'2", people watch me a lot. Because I was a gymnast, there was a shame of you're trying to be a slut. You just want the attention. You're just being slutty. I had a lot of shame at a very young age just because I did gymnastics. I remember my dad made me take off a pair of leggings and go put on jeans or something. I was going to gymnastics practice and I was wearing them over a leotard because it was cold in the gym and I was going to be wearing them the whole practice. But he was just like against it. He was like, they're tight. You can't wear that. I was like 13. (laughs) But reading romance novels was a way for me to Mm. explore intimacy and explore relationship dynamics because I had no concept of men and what divine masculine energy actually looked like. No understanding of that until I read men written by a woman. And then I was like, wow. This is who my husband has been trying to be and I haven't been letting him. Reading was really good for me. <laughs> it all goes back yeah. to Reese for me. A king. Hi, Faye. <laughs> How much? I'm like, oh, hi, Lord. Oh. Reading I... that series, being able to read those scenes, knowing that he was experiencing it differently. Like the first time they meet at Calamai, when he's like, I've been looking for you. Yeah, and you're like, like what? Yeah, like the but now that you know stuff. what it means. The second time, that almost made me cry. <laughs> for me, it was when, spoiler, he found out that she had painted different things for everyone. And like Nesta was fire and Elaine was flowers. And he was like, what did you paint? Or someone said, what did you paint? I don't remember the details. And she was like, stars. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, you got them. Except for the very end when he started I don't know, being a man, I guess men can't be perfect. (laughs) Are you talking about the end of Silver Flame? Yeah, like, come on. You didn't try that hard. (laughs) Something that we really have to take into consideration is that it's written from a different perspective. So the only Uh, two perspectives that we have been able to see... And would feel like you're not trying hard enough to see an ego manifester. Yeah, and like an outsider versus if that book was written from Pharaoh's perspective, one, that scene would have been really different, but she probably would have assumed that he was doing everything. There would have been 
the mating bond connection, just things going on in that storyline. But that whole book is written from a different perspective. But that also makes me think, Reed, people are terrified of him constantly. They say he is the most powerful high lord. We don't know his last name. There's all this unknown stuff about Reese. And we only have this loving, beautiful, epic, he's amazing perspective from his mate. And his mate, of course, is going to think he's, like, the most perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, as soon as we start to see him from Nesta's perspective, we're seeing a very different story of, like, he is kind of controlling. Even with Cassian and stuff, it's like, no, you go do that now. Because I said so. There's kind of that, like, because I'm high lord, I'll pull rank energy. But we don't see that kind of relationship from Farrah's perspective. It's like, oh, wow, everyone gets along. It's a family. Everyone loves each other. So, yeah, I'm just so curious to know how intentional she's being about writing characters from other characters' point of views. And I just think she's being really intentional about it because I've read other books of hers. It's confirmed that that series is not done. right like she's writing more she's under contract for more Mm -hmm. yeah we don't know like what we're just like all the books are speculation okay i know things that you don't know i'm just gonna finish this book today and start reading throne of glass i just have a feeling (laughs) after this conversation my entire plan has been upended and i'm just gonna dive right into it i gave my best friend the first a quarter of thorns and roses because she's like i'm in a reading slump i'm like boom she's like mm, i don't really know i'm like no it will cause another reading you need slump, to read but... it you need to read it and then her husband's like well if she doesn't read it i'll read it and i was like one of you has to read it and every time i like go on instagram i see like her husband posting the next book he's finished i'm like that's not according to roses if you're not going to read it i'm going to take it back because i want to read it again like... <laughs> yeah i want to get physical it. copies so that i can obsessively highlight and annotate i highlighted akatar because i reread that one i highlighted that one and made some notes on kindle and it was so funny because i was like oh i don't think i have that many notes and then i opened the notes section specifically to show somebody and then i was like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and i was like holy shit i have highlighted a lot (laughs) i'm good at pattern recognition and zoning in on details and seeing the connections in the stories and when i read those two series at first i was like oh these are just themes this author really likes she wanted to reuse them and then i found out that things are connected and then i was like oh yeah but i think it would be really fun to highlight and annotate yeah because it would be like turning it into a work of art almost yeah very like a thesis paper you could really get real academic I took a class in college that was all about the hero's journey. It was a hero's journey, Joseph Campbell class, but the teacher taught it through Harry Potter. So we reread the whole series over the course of the semester and then like analyzed it literally from Mm -hmm. that Joseph Campbell hero's journey perspective. It was great. But I feel like Akitar is another one of the series where you could really get very academic if you wanted. I don't know what her story is, like what her credentials are, if that's like who she is, but, or if she's just a freak that's really good at stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) Hero's journey. What do you think profile wise, thinking of that? I can see all of them in it. My hero's journey, like real nerd out comes through the tarot and like, 
Like the so I journey. see it. Okay, you could take the one three through the hero's journey, right? Or the hero encounters all these mentors. Well, that sounds like a twofold. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. What do you think? Yeah. I was just thinking about the six two profile and. There's just like a reluctance. I read a book recently about story branding and mentioned Joseph Campbell and that particular hero's journey. And that to me, like that reluctance of the hero, right? It's like, I have the natural talent, but I don't think I can do that. I don't have the training for the big event. And then the mentor comes in, it's almost like a call out of you are the one to do this. And then that like six line of needing to kind of go on that trial and error of the three line, like figuring it out and then being that role model there's just so many things about the six two and in literature about the six two it says it's like a movie story i was just thinking about that i was like interesting but i think it would make sense that obviously every profile can be a main character yeah i just think that there's so many aspects of it that i'm not sure it belongs to all i guess i could see it in all scenarios it could also be very five line though like three five i could see it for like three fives and even that four line two of like that call out yeah i think that it really does apply to anybody i think the end point of the journey is really where the profile yeah (laughs) is it like the transpersonal profile where it's like you have to master the skill you have to train and then like you go save the world because of that training or it's like you're helping a bunch of other people and then that like moment comes where you've done the relationship advice for everyone else and you have to take out your own advice i think that's the personal versus the transpersonal profiles I'm reading a nonfiction book. Well, I've been reading it for like a year (laughs) and it's called The Heroine's Journey and it's a little dated. It was written in the eighties, but it's all about the hero's journey, but a feminine take on it. And it's the separation from the feminine, the healing of the masculine, the reclaiming of the fem. It's like a very cool Mm. interpretation of it. It's a little dated though. So you kind of just have to deal with the binary for a minute. So (laughs) yeah, let's just kind of recap. Botox is fun. I think it's really cool to read, read for different reasons. Just out of curiosity, I think it'd be fun for people to just look at the kinds of books that you are drawn to the most and look at your undefined centers. I'm curious, like undefined emotional centers. Do you like things that are going to make you cry? Do you like things that are going to like rip your heart out? I see a lot of people in book talk specifically that they're like, I'm just trying to feel something. And they're reading these super dark, super twisty, super thriller, epic, all of these things are happening. It's like a quadruple harem situation with like all of the things happening. And like, I'm like, you're trying to feel something like that feels a very undefined emotional center, like searching for an emotional high, searching for make me feel something. And then like my undefined G center, I love love. I love watching people fall in love. Am I perfectly satisfied with my marriage? Yes. And I will probably still continue to read romance novels for a really long time. Or like with your undefined head and Ajna, you also like things that shift your perspective. And are like, mm-hmm. look at things this way. That maybe the fear center and like the adrenaline, like the root center um, and like the splenic center. Yeah. So I'm curious about that for people. We'll probably talk more about Akatar. If you beg. <laughs> right. If you express interest, we will we will do. If you pull it out of me, my two line feels the call that if it feels like we are the only people that could talk about human design and Akatar, maybe And we have talked about it at length for a long time. <laughs> yeah. We have our theories of what Sarah J. Mass's chart is. We have us trying to figure that out. Lots of things.
So, yeah. Thank you for listening to us ramble about whatever we just rambled about. We'll talk to you soon.